And now, story time with Mr. Black. During World War II, the Allies controlled the Philippines for part of the war, and for a part of the war, the Japanese controlled the Philippines. That's the famous line by MacArthur, I shall return, that Arnold Schwarzenegger used. And so, during the time that the Japanese occupied the Philippines, a lot of people don't realize, but the Philippines is made up of thousands of little islands. There are over 7,500 little islands. And actually, 11 islands make up about 95% of the Philippines. And this was in 2020, the stats. So I'm sure it was a lot more back then. And a lot of these islands are small islands. Some are smaller than others. And what the Japanese would do is they would put soldiers on these islands. The larger islands, uh, they would put uh, maybe a a squad of soldiers. But they were unoccupied. They were were not, not being developed. So no people were on those islands. And the concept being that when the Allies did come uh, to fight for the Philippines, when America and her allies came to retake the Philippines, that if there were soldiers out on these faraway islands, that they could radio the mainland and they could be prepared for the battle that would ensue. And so 25, 20 years after the war was over, one of these small islands started to, to be developed. And they were doing agriculture, farming, they were raising cattle or sheep, whatever animals they use in the Philippines, and they were doing ag. And so one of these islands started getting complaints. First, there were just uh, farm animals killed, chickens and pigs and cows, whatever the animals were. But then they started hearing of deaths where five or six people were killed. And, and the Philippine government was appalled because they couldn't figure out what, what Filipino would do this to their fellow uh, Filipinos. It just doesn't make sense. And after further investigation, they realized what was really going on. And this was not a Filipino doing this. This was actually a Japanese soldier who was still on the island, who still believed that the war was going on, who was still under orders from his commander on to defend that island and to be a good soldier. And so what they did is the Philippine government would drop leaflets and, uh, and do everything they could to persuade this soldier that the war was in fact over, that he no longer had to maintain his original orders and defend that island. Uh, but he wouldn't believe it. He thought it was propaganda. They actually found out who the soldier was, and they actually got people from his past, from his military past, to go on the island to converse with him, to tell him, hey, the war's over. But again, this gentleman did not believe that. He was still under original orders to defend that island, to be a good soldier. And until he was released from those orders, he was going to do the job that he was programmed to do. And so what the Japanese government did, because the Filipino government was about ready to take him out, he, this person was a threat, he had killed some people, he was a threat to all life, and so they were going to set up sharpshooters, set up a SWAT team to take him out. But the Japanese government convinced him to have one last shot at removing this gentleman alive. And so what they did is they took a World War II aircraft and they anchored it off the coast of that island, knowing that this was a good soldier. He was following orders, so he would do his recon, and he would notice that there was a, a friendly ship anchored off the coast. 
and after a while of this, they, they got a retired military officer from World War II, got his World War II era uniform on. And again, I don't know the details, but they did a ceremonial landing. And they laid out a tea set on the beach. Uh, this retired officer had his back to the ocean, and he was facing this thicket, this jungle, uh, trees and bushes. And after hours, I don't know how many hours, it could have been a day or two, but many hours, through the thicket, through the bushes, comes this Japanese soldier, still in a tattered uniform, sits down, has a ceremony of tea, and then they remove him from the island. They take him back to Japan. Do you know what they did in Japan? They did not throw him in jail. They did not put him in a psych ward. They did not put him under medical testing. They made this man a national hero. They took care of him for the rest of his life, and he died a few years back. Everything he needed was taken care for by the Japanese government. What the Japanese government told him was something that many of us need to look ourselves in the mirror and tell ourselves. The Japanese government told this soldier, well done, soldier, but the war is over. And many of us need to look ourselves in the mirror and say the same thing. Well done, soldier, but the war is over. You see, everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. Everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And the famous psychologist Dr. Adler says by the time a child is six years old, a majority of their map of reality is already in place. Their basic structure of their beliefs about their value, about life, about so many things. And think about this. For many people, their childhood was not good. It was traumatic. I know from my childhood at six years old, I was being abused on a daily basis by a drunk man who beat my mom and beat us kids on a regular basis. And so I had to construct a belief system that allowed me to survive that hell, that allowed me to get through as unscathed as possible. The problem is I'm not six years old anymore. I'm not 16. And we've all done that. We've created these belief systems. And see, these belief systems are like programs. We have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And what we believe is what we tell ourselves over and over and over and over. And so these programs run constantly. You know, I'm not valuable. Uh, the only value I have is if I have sex with somebody. Uh, I don't function well in stressful environments. I'm not an emotional person. I need nine hours of sleep a night to function. See, those are all belief systems, what we call programs. And we are self-fulfilling creatures. So if we tell ourselves we're a loser, if we tell ourselves we're a liar, if we tell ourselves we're a waste, then we act as if. We're like self-fulfilling prophecies. And so we must scratch those CDs. We must break those LPs. We must pull on those 8-tracks. And we need to change the programming. Why? So that you can become the best possible version of yourself. Well done, soldier, but the war is over. Frees us up to be everything that we were created to be. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. 
And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.